Blog Talk Radio. Well, um, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, which I've said over 300 episodes, which is, number one, I always forget what day it is. And yes, frankly, I thought it was Thursday. This is probably a testament to the fact that I'm either doing too much, doing too much travel, or just doing too many shows. can never do enough shows. Hi, everybody. Um, obviously, of course, we uh, we have quite the whirlwind this, this week. First of all, I'm very afraid of my guest today, so we'll get her on the line shortly, Andrea. I can't wait to talk to her. But don't want to forget to remind everybody of the rest of the shows this week. Why? Because I haven't posted them yet, um, and so I want to make sure to let everybody know and give them a heads up. Reminder on a couple quick things before we start. Again, still taking submissions for my Art is Alive Film Festival in Los Angeles. Yes, I liked it so much in New York that I had to do it in L.A. So if you have a TV pilot up to 60 minutes, a music video up to 10 minutes, or shorts or features up to 90 minutes, I'm looking for you. Obviously, the submission fee, we've kept it down relatively low so that you guys don't go broke because I know what that's like. $30 across the board for absolutely everything. If you visit the website, artisalivefilmfestival.yolasite.com, go there, uh, go to the section that says Art is Alive Los Angeles, and you'll be able to see it there. Otherwise, if you type in filmfreeway.com and then backslash Art is Alive Film Festival Los Angeles, you should be able to submit one way or the other. Submissions in through October 28th. Obviously, the festival is the first weekend in December. So excited because that means I can go to L.A. and not freeze my butt off while I'm in Wisconsin or New York City. So yay me! Number two, I want to remind everybody, yes, I still need one male, one female. Where? In New York and also Wisconsin. For what? My new film. The first film. I'm insane. I know, but it has to get done. 100 Looks of Love. Obviously, it is literally what it's called, which is 100 different looks of love put together in a beautiful backdrop. We're using six genres. Could not be more excited about this. We've got black and white. We've got film noir. We've got silent. We've got comedy. We've got drama. We've got animation using six of the biggest directors out there from Hitchcock to Frank Capra to Steven Spielberg. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. But... I need another man. I need another woman. That's a total of four people, folks, in two different states. If you're interested, tin4251 at gmail.com. Otherwise, come find me on social media. There is an actual page for this called 100 Looks of Love. We're developing a website. Shooting is going to be in November and December. And, yes, I get to shoot in New York City, preferably in front of Lord and Taylor before they close. So if you're interested, uh, age bracket, again, it can be union or non-union. And remember, this is all improv. Second of all, should be between the ages of 30 and 55. So male, female, you know what to do. Last thing before we start with Andrea is, of course, the remainder of this week's schedule. So today, of course, we have Andrea Pass coming on shortly. Tomorrow, Double Decker, which is author Marty Schutz at S-C-H-U-T-Z, coming on at 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. And then at 3 o'clock, one of my winners of the Yard is Alive Film Festival for Best Female, which is Valerie Longoria. She has a film by the name of The Falls in the independent film circuit. Go ahead and check it out. I'll post information about her later today. And then, of course, this coming Friday, again, two more winners from my film festival. Jared Prudett-Smith, who is in a movie called The Light Watcher, is on a 12.30 Central Standard Time. And then at 1.30 Central Standard Time, Robert Rosenbaum, who did a film by the name of Sunday in the Park with DOG. I'm always so excited to have my film festival winners on because they have so much to talk about and they're accomplished actors, writers, directors and without those guys, without the films I wouldn't have a festival. Without you guys watching them, wouldn't have it. Just that simple. So if you can't catch today, we got two shows tomorrow, two shows the next day. I must be on something. Five shows, one week, folks. Okay, that's about enough of me. So I'm going to put Andrea on the line. You can just sit and listen to her talk for like an hour because frankly... 
she's got so much to say. So without further ado, let's get her on the line. Andrea? Hi, Andrea? Hey, Cindy. How are you today? Uh, petrified. I'm sure if you read the description, I'm very afraid to interview you. So hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. You are too funny. You are, the, you are the epitome of ask a busy woman and it gets done. Well, you know, one of the coolest parts about having PR people on is because, just so you folks know, you probably don't know the backdrop to the two of us, but I have been working with Andrea for, how long have you had your clients on my show now? I was thinking about Um, that today. Five? How long have you been doing this? Five years? Well, actually, we're going on almost eight years, so I'm like, I I can't remember. Yeah, I think we've been working together for five years. Oh my God! This is and what's amazing about this, folks, is I think I've had one phone conversation with her in five years. I won't lie to you. I've never formally met her ever in my entire life. I feel like I lived through her life, through her pictures, through all the posts, all the different things. And make no mistake, she is like 100% business. Like she'll send me a little love note, and she'll be like, "Here's the client." And then I'm like trying to throw a little something in there. She's like very serious. I'm like, "Oh my God!" And then she wonders why I'm afraid to talk to her. Like literally, oh, you would you guys want to talk to this? Just saying. Okay, so we're going to talk all about the life and the times of Andrea. So we're going to we're going to move around a little bit because obviously most people don't know who you are. I'm very fortunate that I do know who you are. So let's start off a bit about um, you and the personal side of things because you weren't always um, in PR. Obviously, you had a life. You were a younger person at one point in time. You went to school. You had children the whole nine yards. So let's start off in the very beginning. Um, I'm going to guess when you were a small child, you didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to do public relations my whole life. Wink, wink. So tell me a bit about when you were younger in terms of when you were trying to sort out where you were going with your career. How did you end up eventually figuring out that this might be the perfect path for you? It's funny because when you're in school and you have all of the things that you get involved in, of course I was in the drama club and the school musicals and the student council and all of those sort of things. And I worked at Woolworth after school and high school. So for those listeners who remember the five and dime, I worked at one of those old-fashioned cash registers where you actually had to count the change. The machine did not tell you what the change was, so you had to know how to give change and, and interact with the customers. And I always knew that I wanted to do something in life involving people, being involved with people. Mm -hmm. And I always thought I would be a journalist. I loved writing. Ah. I loved writing when I was in, in high school. And when I went to college, I decided to major in communications, radio, TV, film at a school in New Jersey called Glassboro State College, which the history behind Glassboro is in uh, the early 60s, President Johnson met with Premier Kosygin from Russia at Glassboro State College in South Jersey because Kosygin was in New York, Johnson, of course, in D.C., and Glassboro was the halfway mark in between the two. So that's the history of this little state college in New Jersey that has now blossomed into a university. But I majored in radio, TV, and film, and I loved broadcasting, loved being on the Mm -hmm. radio, loved being the news director. I was a DJ as well, wasn't as good at that, but always had a great time. And, And I said, okay, maybe I'll, instead of journalism, I'll do broadcast journalism. And went to college, mm-hmm. studied broadcast journalism, and I wanted to be the next Dan Rather. He was my idol. Uh-huh. And that's all I wanted to do. So when I graduated college, 
I put on my little navy blue suit with the white shirt that had the built-in bow tie and my little blue pumps and my little brown briefcase with my initials on it and went straight to CBS in New York City. And in the 80s, you had to take a typing test. Every woman had to take Ah. a typing test, which, of course, boggles the mind in today's world. But there was a freeze in the broadcast area. So I got a job working for Woman's Day magazine which was owned by CBS Mm -hmm. at the time, and I was an administrative assistant for five weeks and got promoted Mm -hmm. to do advertising, trafficking, and layout at Women's Day magazine. And I just sat there patiently until three years later they lifted the freeze for hiring in the broadcast division, and I was able Mm -hmm. to get a job doing public relations for the CBS radio division. And I was in my glory. I even got a chance to sit in Dan Rather's chair at one point. I didn't see oh him. Gosh. I didn't meet him, but I got to sit in his <laughs> chair and, and take a picture with a 110 camera. And there I was sitting on the set of the CBS Evening News where Dan Rather was. And I actually, funny story, I actually interviewed to be one of his 12 assistants and got called back for okay. the second interview. And I said to my parents, I don't want to be someone's assistant. And as much as it was my idol, and I had read his books and I, I, I watched everything about him. I couldn't sure. do it. It wasn't, it wasn't hmm. me. And I said, you know what, I'm really enjoying public relations. And, and I was always the PR chair of every committee. I was the PR chair of my sorority and the PR chair of different clubs in college and, and all of that. And I always loved doing public relations. And I took one PR class in college. So it's not as if I studied it, but I knew sure. that it was the direction. Huh. So, so from there... I said, you know what, I'm going to perfect this this PR thing. I'm going to learn about public Mm -hmm. relations and the best way to handle it. And I had a very interesting boss, another woman. Maybe she was five years older than me at the time. And she was a very serious woman. And she, she didn't let me take credit for any work that I did. She had to take credit for my work. But she taught me how to write, and she taught me how to pitch. And she taught me the things that I did want to do in a future and the things I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So to this day, mm. I'm a big believer in you give credit where credit is due. I never take credit oh, for amen. anyone else's work. I will make sure I call them out so that everyone knows that person handled that part of, of the position or, or responsibilities. But she taught me the positive things about how to reach the press, how to speak to the press, because then you picked up a phone. And I think we've lost mm-hmm. that art of phone communication. But I realized it was the direction right. I wanted to go. So it was, it was kind of a, a different route to get into the world of public relations. Hmm. Well, and, and one thing I want to point right off the bat is, and, and this is a good point to segue into, which is a lot of people that are listening in, I do have a, somewhat of a younger audience. So let's say you're talking to them right now, and, and they're listening to you, and they're thinking, hmm, this might sound, she's making it sound a little interesting right off the get-go. So number one rule you think anybody should know, the minute they start saying to themselves, I want to be in the PR game, what are they? What's the number one rule they think that you would give them right off the bat to remember? Be ready to accept rejection. Now, a good one. <laughs> that sounds like a negative, but it's really a positive because if you accept that someone is not going to accept your phone call, they're not going to accept your email mm-hmm. pitch, they're not going to get back to you in the timely manner that you want them to get back to you, sure. then you know ahead of time, I've got to work for it. For every single one of the public relations I've had as clients over the years, Mm -hmm. I've worked for it. 
it doesn't come easy. So you need to really find the right contact to pitch at that radio station, TV station, magazine, newspaper, online news outlet, or even news media. Whatever you're, you're pitching, you have to find the right person, and then you've got to engage with them. And it's not a one and done. And so many people have that. Well, I sent an email, and public relations in what I do, media relations and securing press coverage, it's not throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something will stick. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that oomph that I'm going to do it and I'm not going to give up. And if someone says, no, I'm not interested in your story, then you move on and you find someone else who is interested in the story. And that way you'll be successful for your clients. You betcha. Now, I know you mentioned, of course, that you had taken that one PR class to start off with, et cetera. Now, obviously, of course, I know you're an educated woman. You attended Rowan University and obviously Glassboro State College. So my question to you is, uh, oftentimes I get guests that are either on one side of the pendulum or the other, meaning for what you do now, especially now that you own a business that's relative to this, would you recommend to someone listening in that you cannot pile up enough education relative to PR? Or do you feel really that it is? A lot of PR people that I talk to are like, you dive right in, you get right into it, you figure out your hits and misses, and that's what helps you build a successful career. So which side of the fence are you on there? I, I'm, if I could be in the middle of the fence, that's where I would be because you need an education because you have to be a good writer and a good communicator. Sure. So you should be right. taking Communications 101 and whatever these kind of courses are now so that you know how to write. Not every press release has to be written the same way. And in today's world, you don't use a press release. I write a press release so that I have my message points approved by my clients. I very rarely mm-hmm. mail out a press release or email out a press release. But I write it because this okay. way I have my notes done in such a format and I make sure I'm not missing the message points that I think are important and the client thinks are important. So you have to have good writing skills. You have to have good communication skills. Take a public speaking class because you're going to be speaking in front of your clients. You're going to be speaking in front of the press. You might be pitching new Mm -hmm. business. So you need to learn how to speak, and that's very important. So going to college and taking those courses and having an opportunity to be on the ground doing PR work, Doing publicity, whether it's for a committee, for a class, for a project, that's going to give you a starting point. So I'm a big believer in education. I'm a big believer in internships. And I'm a huge believer in getting involved in clubs and activities at college and after college. And it's funny, just a few minutes ago, I was talking to my daughter who's involved in local theater, and she was explaining Mm -hmm. how the show that she's currently in, in community theater, they're not getting sales because no one's doing publicity it's not out there and of course you know me i'm the good mom do you want me to help you and she says stop helicoptering ma there are enough people that can handle pr and do that i said but it's a great experience because when i got out of college i was doing pr for a local theater group just for fun because Mm -hmm. i wanted to have something to do and i loved being involved with theater and i wasn't up on the stage so i did the behind the scenes. So my advice for anybody listening is do. You'll be successful by doing. Don't just talk about it. Do it. 
Ooh, good advice. I talk about that all the time. I'm constantly on people to do, 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 do all the time. So interesting and extremely good advice. And I also think passion and persistence has a lot to do with it. I think if you weren't really excited about your clients and what they have to offer and how they do in terms of business and as a professional, you wouldn't be half as good as what you are. You've found your purpose. And I would say rightly so. Not only that, she's very photogenic. If you ever take a look at her, and I and I kid you not on this, if you look at her website, her Instagram, and her Twitter, there's the very different phases of Andrea, and there are many of them. And she's going to be surprised that we're getting into a few of those phases that you folks probably wouldn't <laughs> even think about because she's such a serious professional. Now, you've been doing this for over 30 years, clearly. And so uh, I know, of course, we originally met when you were the former vice president at the Marketing Maven, which is, Marketing Maven, which is where you used to work. So right. at what point, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you know, when anybody starts off and they decide, I've, I've been here, I've been comfortable, I've worked for this organization for so long, what was the determining, or I should say, the, the that one defining moment where you said to yourself, you know what, I'm going to launch my own firm. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. At, at what point did you know that this was the need or necessity for you? It's very interesting because it's something I've been thinking about for years Now, I'm not a youngster, as you said. I've been doing this for 30 years. But Mm -hmm. I've always reported to someone else. Someone else was always the boss. And when someone else is the boss, you get along with them. I have no ill feelings toward people I worked with in the past. I have nothing Mm -hmm. but great things to say. However, my beliefs in the best way to achieve success as a public relations professional were starting to differ with other folks. I was working with a lot of people who I'd say, what's happening on this account for this client? And their response would be, well, I left an email. They didn't get back to me. And I mm-hmm. would just cringe. And I felt, okay, my beliefs and the way I want to be successful were differing from that company culture. So I started talking to some people that I knew, and they all kept saying, when are you going out on your own? You need to go out of, on your own. And so the time mm-hmm. was right for me to go out on my own. And when I decided to launch Andrea Pass Public Relations, I said, well, I'm going to put my name on the door because I want to work with people who know me or people who refer people to me. I don't want random people who don't have a connection to me because they're going to understand the way that I work. And so the timing was right because I had people excited for me, people I've known for years. In fact, my clients right now are people that I've worked with over the years or referred me to other people. So I don't have mm. any clients right now who are just random, oh, I saw your your website or your social media. So there's a connection. Ah. It's usually someone saying, go check out her social media. Let me introduce sure. the two of you. And I think that that helps in a relationship because I'm hoping, starting my own public relations firm, that I'm able to work with these clients moving forward for a long, long time because that's relationships. And I'm sure as you've followed my social media, and I've certainly followed yours over the years, Mm -hmm. to me, relationships are the most important thing you could ever have in your personal life and in your professional life. Oh, my God, yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Networking is huge, and And personally and and professionally. I'm sure you would agree on that one. And and then you meet people when you're out and about, and and you're traveling back and forth and back and forth from New York (laughs) to Wisconsin and doing everything you're doing, and you're meeting all of these interesting people. And there's some people that you meet that you say, gosh, I feel like I've known you forever. And they become these lifelong relationships, and you cross over the line of business and personal. 
And all of the people right. that I've worked with, even though right now I'm working with them professionally, we have that bond with one another because we've known each other for years, different companies that they had worked at or businesses that they had launched, and now they're on to launching a new business. You find that. And for me, that's that's the basis of me having Andrea Pass Public Relations because I'm selling me and the work that I do, and they know I can, they can count on me to get the work done. So they know I'm not all talk. They know I'm all action, which is a great feeling. After 30 because some years, which is, well, of course. And not only that, you, and we'll talk about this, folks. You'll get to hear some of the things that her clients have said about her, which is a testament in and of itself. Obviously, I have not been her client, but I have worked with her from the media perspective. So you'll get my personal take as far as, you know, that goes. Um before we start breaking down some of the things that you've done in the past, because believe it or not, she was talking about the journalism thing, and I see that you have been a columnist before, obviously for uh, Toy Business Magazine as well as The Record. Right. So when it came down to doing a column, I, I won't lie to you, a column is really the only thing I haven't written. I've written everything else. I've always wanted to be a columnist. I've always wanted to have my own little thing. So first of all, I'm very envious in the best way possible. And second of all, I'm curious um, if you'd even have time or any kind of um, total interest in returning to doing something like that, because I could see you still contributing, or do you still contribute? I guess I should ask well, that, because maybe you still it, do. I, I, don't, I don't contribute to any publications right now, and I don't think I have the time to, but for instance, today's an example. Sure. I have a client of mine who I arranged an interview on a nationally syndicated radio show, and the host of the mm-hmm. show said to me, I'd love to be able to put up an article to support the link for my interview. Mm-hmm. Can you provide me okay. with an article? So, and of course I said to this person, okay, how many words? What's your deadline? Well, an hour ago. <laughs> so I jumped on it. I said, okay, I'm writing something right now. And I quickly wrote, wrote an article. So I do like to write articles, but I think the fact okay. that writing articles for my clients or on behalf of my clients tends to take a little bit longer because I want to make sure sure that it's perfect. It's got the right message points. So the articles that I had written in the journalism I had done years ago focused on a lot of kids-oriented activities because my kids were younger. So it was wonderful Mm -hmm. to take my kids to see the, the local production of Sesame Street Live and review it and write about it and then go behind the scenes and have that opportunity to interview the people in the cast or to go to a new amusement park in New Jersey where I live and write about that amusement park uh, and how it pertained to my children. So that was a great time because I wasn't working full-time. I was working part-time. My kids were little, and it gave us that family activity. And I would have my notepad, and my husband was responsible for making sure the kids didn't run off. So it was a lot of fun. But I don't think I would go back to journalism at this point, but journalism has changed. And This is where the world of journalism and what a public relations person does intersects because of the fact that anyone can write a blog. Anyone is a writer. Anyone is a journalist. And their styles are not AP, Associated Press style anymore. It's personal style. And you know what? That's okay because that's what our world is. So for me to work with these bloggers who might be stay-at-home parents who are blogging. They might be writing for an online news media and be professional journalists who went to college for journalism. Um, Each Mm -hmm. one is beneficial to my clients because my clients are business-to-consumer or business-to-business-oriented clients. So 
working with the journalists is great for me. So I'm not going to be the journalist anymore, but I love working with the journalists. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was curious about that because I was looking at you and I'm like, hmm, I wonder how often she gets a chance to write because I'm like, yeah, I'd prefer to write than do some of the other things that I do, which is perfectly fine. But I thought, well, I'll throw it out there and we'll see what she has to say. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about here that I noticed um, is you've met two people that I adore. First of all, Susan Lucci. I see you've met her. Way <laughs> jealous because I remember watching her soap opera. Yes, Susan Lucci, if you're listening, I did watch you. And I still watch you. And hello, Lonnie Anderson. I'm going on. I don't know what age, looking like she's 30. Oh, my God. I want to sign up for a job like you have. I haven't met these people, but I want to. Well, I have to tell you, it, one of the really fun things and and oh, over my career is I've had a chance to meet some really fun celebrities. And when oh, God, you meet yeah. certain celebrities, so, of course, I watched all my children way back from the time I was in junior high and you were homesick and there was nothing on at 1 o'clock oh, except God. all my children. So I'm dating myself. Sure. So Susan Lucci was very young at the time. And right. I watched all my children up until the last episode. So I was one of those people that would record all my children or DVR all my children and watch mm-hmm. all my children because, to me, I like daytime better than nighttime TV. So Susan Lucci gotcha. was one of those people that I just felt like I knew her even though it was all my children, let's be honest. And so Aww. I was at a convention. I do a lot of public relations in the direct response TV industry that a lot of people call the as-seen-on-TV industry. And so I was at a convention right. in Las Vegas and Susan Lucci was getting an award. And I walked up to the person who was kind of coordinating that particular evening. And I said to him, and he knew me, I said, is there any way you can introduce me to Susan? He says, Andrea, come in. Walks me over. And she's standing with her husband. So I say, Susan, Helmet. So I knew his name, which, of course, must have impressed uh-huh. her. I said, it's so great to meet you. I said, Susan, I've been a fan for years. I wanted to come over and just say hello and say thank you. And she grabbed my hand with both hands. I always love when you get a handshake that someone holds your hand with both hands because then they're actually paying attention to you and they look at you and they listen to you. And we had a whole conversation about her daughter and her grandchildren and and she couldn't believe how long I was watching. And she was delightful. Fast forward a year later, so now I'm going back, I'm going back two years now. We're at the same Mm -hmm. convention. My arm is in a sling. I had had a bicycle accident, went over the top of my bicycle, and I had shoulder surgery. But I still went to this convention, I think, two weeks after shoulder surgery. So I'm waiting by the Mm -hmm. elevator bank, and she comes out of the elevator. And I get so excited. I said, Susan, I'm Andrea. It's so wonderful to see you again. She says, what Mm -hmm. did you do to yourself? And she moved us aside from all the other people. We must have talked for 15 minutes. Now, she really didn't remember me. There's no way she remembered me. She meets a million people. But the fact that she right. took 15 minutes out of her day to ask how I was and it's good to see me again, which we knew she didn't re- remember me. But but you meet someone like that in, in your lifetime and that they take the time out, that's a true celebrity. And that's someone who, who's a true mensch. So if you know the meaning of the word right. mensch, it's a person that really cares and, and gives more. And Susan Lucci is one of those people. And having met her a few times, I, I'm just so glad to have met her. And, and certainly having been in the green room at so many different TV shows with my clients who will then be going on air, I've had that chance 
to meet so many wonderful celebrities when I've been at the Today Show or Good Morning America, Hallmark Home, Home and Family, Pickler and Ben, shows in Chicago and shows in Florida and shows in Miami and wherever I've traveled for clients to have that opportunity to meet people who you happen to be waiting in the green room with. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's so exciting because I was with Kathy Mitchell. Kathy Mitchell is an on-air TV personality who has written a number of cookbooks, dump cakes and dump dinners and red copper skillet cooking. And and Kathy and I have become wonderful friends over the years. And so I'm at the Today Show with Kathy Mitchell, and she's doing – think a a segment on cooking dump dinners where you dump everything in one pan and you cook it. Makes life really easy. Very little prep, just dump and cook. And this was from a client of mine called Bulbhead. And so we're in the green room and Kathy's doing her prep and I had brought my assistant with me so that she could see. I wanted Mm -hmm. her to learn. I wanted to teach her this is how you handle things with a client when you're at a show like the Today Show. And into the green room, I'm a huge Yankees fan and yes or I know my Yankees right. lost but that doesn't matter I am true blue and I am a true blue Yankees Boy. fan and we're in the green room at the Today Aww. Show and in walks Jorge Posada the former catcher of the New York <gasps> Yankees now of course oh my God. as a Yankee fan I know who this is when he walks in and I look at my assistant and I'm not sure she knows who he is so I look at her and her face lights up so I realize okay she knows who that is and we both made the movement to the biggest no-no in a green room, our cell phones. You cannot take pictures of anyone. So, of course, I couldn't take a picture, but I wanted to say hello to him. So I position myself sure. by the makeup area. So he has to walk by me. So I stop and I introduce myself to him. And he also did the two-handed handshake with me two hands on my one hand, looked me in the eye, repeated my name back to me when I said, Jorge, my name's Andrea. I'm a huge Yankee fan. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he looked back at me, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time. Now here, us New Yorkers, even though I'm from New Jersey, we say hip, hip, Jorge. That's our thing. So I text my husband and my son, and all I write in the text is hip, hip. That's all I write. And the two of them write back, are you with Jorge Posada from the Yankees? So oh my you you meet people who take the time in, in in these green rooms and and I was with author Bruce Lubin at Hallmark Home and Family which tapes on the Universal Studios lot in California Universal City California and Bruce wrote a book mm-hmm. 10001 Easy Solutions to Everyday Problems and we were doing this segment at at Hallmark And I said to one of the production assistants, I said, boy, I would love to see the set, meaning the back lot tour. And they took us in a golf cart, me and this author, Bruce Lubin, and we got a tour of the back lot where you saw Jaws was filmed and all of these other things, uh, Desperate Housewives, and we got a Mm -hmm. one-on-one tour. So people are so nice when you're out and about and you're doing your job and you're, you're meeting them and and certainly having represented Chef Wolfgang Puck on and off over the years, he's right. just so funny because I'll travel places with him and we'll be at the Wendy Williams show or Rachel Ray's show or whatever we're doing, Good Morning America, and everybody loves Wolfgang. So when you walk in, it's a pleasure to represent someone as a PR person that everyone is oh, interested right. in what they have to say, 
but it's also a pleasure in between our TV shoots when we're sitting and having a cup of coffee and just talking about our families. So oh, it, it, it's really it's Please. really nice. And now Lonnie Anderson, that you mentioned Lonnie Anderson. Mm-hmm. So I was at a convention in San Diego. That was this year in, what was it, May. It was just in May of this yeah. year. And right. he was there as a meet and greet for one of these TV companies. So I, I said, oh, what the heck, I'll take a picture, we'll gab. She, right. her waist is tiny. I felt like two tons oh, of next to Lonnie Anderson. But, of course, <gasps> what could be anything more more classic than WKRP in Cincinnati? So so she right. was she was delightful. And, and and like I said, having that opportunity to meet people who are celebrities, but to also meet mm-hmm. everyone who's behind the scenes, the producers and uh, the production teams of all of these broadcasts, and people who are writers and people who are bloggers. It, it's it's those relationships that make public relations the fun part for me. So I don't feel like I'm working every right. day. Exactly. That's what I say all the time. It's like, it's not work if you love what you do, clearly. And in this particular case, she gets to meet people that I don't. I mean, I get to meet some really cool people constantly, but I'm like, she's got some really cool females she got to meet. So, yeah, if I find out that you met Cher and you didn't tell me, our relationship's done. Like, uh, I will, we're over. I will, and like, it's very funny because we were just discussing, there's a new show on Broadway, I guess, with all of her music. Mm-hmm. And we were just discussing this out with friends on Saturday night that we have to get tickets to that show and, and see the show, even though it's not Cher, it's Cher music. So, mm-hmm. so oh, I right, will give right. you the review when, when I see that show. But, but that's the thing, when you meet someone, and listen, I have my share of stories of people who were not nice. And, oh. and there was one musical artist when I was at CBS Radio when I was a lot younger, and we were doing a taping of a radio show, and he didn't like the sodas. We had all different choices of beverages. He had to have the one uh. brand or type, sent the producer out, because I was busy with the crew of, I had a camera crew. I was also taking notes. I was writing articles. So I was doing the PR end. So the producer had to go running out to buy this person a different soda when we had 20 different beverages there. So you meet someone like that who thinks that they're above everyone else and doesn't treat people nicely. And when his songs come on the radio, and he only has about two of them, uh, classic songs, Ah. I turn them off. I won't listen to his songs because why would you be so mean? And another time I was at a set and there was a very famous Broadway actress there and singer who Mm -hmm. I'm a very big Broadway fan. And I was in the green room the same as she was, and I went to say hello. That was it. And her people blocked her, and she gave me the dirtiest look. And I said, okay, that's the end of that. And I will not see oh any God. show that she's in. And I, I, when I'm listening to Sirius XM on Broadway, if a song that she has mm-hmm. comes on, I turn it off. So I think in, in any world, any world that we're in, you meet the people that you get along with and you have that great memory, and then you meet the people that you just say, you know what? Nope, not worth my time because we're all we're all worthy. And you on your Facebook page for your listeners who may not realize this, you put up the best quotes. You put up if you're reading you this are now. So, but you are always so inspirational and in telling people you are worthy. Thank you. You are yep. worthy. And I think in any career, whether it's me as Andrea Pass Public Relations, you know, you as Cindy Mitch and everything that you're doing in your productions mm-hmm. uh, and your films, we are worthy. So if other people 
in the personal world or the business world don't want to be cordial and develop relationships. Well, there are enough people that will be cordial and develop relationships. Exactly. And I think that's exactly right. So let's focus on on those people, and th- and that that's what's great. And certainly, for me, starting my own public relations firm and working with new clients. One of one of my clients makes disposable peeling bed sheets. Okay, so I don't know uh-huh. about you. I I hate making the bed. And Maxwell Cohen was a student in college. His parents told him and his siblings they all had to start their own companies while they were in college. This was something that they wanted to teach them how to do and be entrepreneurs. So Maxwell realized his friends hated making the bed. So he came up with a sheet, fitted sheet, that has five layers. So you peel a layer off every seven to ten days because that's when you normally would wash the sheets. So two packages could last you the semester. So he invented this product, and he also realized his grandparents had trouble making the bed. It's hard to get fitted sheets on and off your bed. It's really a lot of work. And so Maxwell actually went on Shark Tank, and they rejected him. But that didn't deter him from starting his company. And now Peel Away Labs is Maxwell's company. Maxwell is 27 years old. Wow. He now has Peel Away's disposable bed sheets for average beds, uh, twin, twin XL, king, queen beds. He also has crib Mm -hmm. appeal for mommies to use on their cribs. Now, having raised two children, I can tell you, those middle-of-the-night crib changings were horrendous. And this way you just... Take your kid out, peel a layer off, put the kid back in. It's all sanitary and clean. He created one called Dorm Appeal, specifically for dorms. And he even has one called Camp Appeal, when your kids go to away to sleepaway camp. Oh, my so gosh. He, How cool is that? Isn't that amazing? So it's Peel Aways, and he has another line called Peel Aways Health, because in hospitals, nurses spend 15 to 20 minutes per patient changing sheets. I mean, think about wow. the time, energy, and money hospitals and home health care will save by using sure. peel-aways per patient. So this way, That's you right. peel away the layer, it's sanitary, and you have your next layer, and you'll change the sheet in merely seconds. And you can even change the That's sheet amazing. with the patient in the bed because it's made in such a way that you can roll the patient onto a side and change the sheet. Sure. So. So when you represent a company for public relations like Peel Away Labs, you feel Mm -hmm. so good because you believe in the product. I only work with clients where I believe in what they do. I believe in their product. And that's great. clients, I was just going to mention because I know you had mentioned them. You know what I want to ask you about? I have to ask you about Four Ocean. Because I keep seeing these posts that you're putting up about oh. Four Ocean, and, and you're big on this. So I'm like, you have oh to talk God. about Four Ocean. Oh, I have to say to you, to all of your listeners, we, mm-hmm. society, dumps 16 billion pounds of plastic and trash into the oceans every year. What wow. is that about? What is that about? And for Ocean, the number four, the word ocean, so forocean.com if your listeners are interested in learning more. For Ocean was founded 
by two young men when they went after college graduation. They graduated college in 2014. They took a surfing trip to Bali, Indonesia. Okay, you're a surfer, dude. You go to Bali, Indonesia. Well, they couldn't surf. Right. There was so much plastic and trash. It frustrated them both so, and they saw the fishermen couldn't fish. So they had this idea, what if we hire the fishermen to clean the oceans? So the fishermen are making a living, and the oceans are getting cleaned at the same time. So in 2017, January of 2017, they launched 4Ocean as a business where they hire fishermen in the Florida area, in Bali, and we just launched in Haiti in September to clean the ocean. So that is their job. Okay, Mm -hmm. how do they fund this? They fund this by selling 4Ocean bracelets. So the four ocean bracelets are made from recycled plastic. They are made in Bali, Indonesia. And $20 is the cost of a four ocean bracelet. And that funds their four ocean system for pulling a pound of plastic and trash out of the ocean. And then a good bulk of that plastic and trash are recycled. So the fact is, is you wear a four ocean bracelet you're making a difference. So you might live in an inland area. You might live in Wisconsin, but you're still cleaning the ocean. So it's, it's amazing. Alex and Andrew, the founders of 4Ocean, uh, one is 27, one is 28. They're in business for less than two years. This summer, they had pulled their one millionth pound of plastic from the ocean. They will probably hit two million before the end of 2018. And it, it's so exciting. And to be involved with something like this that you feel so passionately about, I, I, I'm, I'm in awe because you think, wow, they're 27, 28 years old. And they started this company right after they graduated from college. And mm-hmm. it makes a difference. It makes a difference oh, God, yeah. in our world. And by launching this new Four Ocean Cleanup Division in Haiti, Haiti is one of the islands that the influx of plastic and trash in their waterways is preventing anything else from happening around that island. And so this new um, cleanup division is employing people in Haiti, people who need jobs. This is all done out of Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And a lot of the trash that you see washing up around the shorelines in Haiti, it's the same trash that then travels the ocean and ends up in Florida. So catch it where it is so that it's not Mm -hmm. coming here, but they're doing something about it. And for 2019, they'll be opening more cleanup divisions in other locations around the world. And they sponsor local beach cleanups so that you and I and anyone who's around the beach can come help and be part of it. So they have a big beach cleanup coming up in November in Jacksonville, Florida, and they just mm-hmm. had one in uh, Massachusetts, at Texas, all over the place, wherever there's a beach. They have groups that are getting the community together and getting people to help clean the beaches. And being a Jersey Shore lover, my family, mm-hmm. we are down at the Jersey Shore a lot in the summer, and I'm so proud to say how clean the Jersey Shore is. And it's so funny when everyone puts on social media, oh, when you go to the beach, pick up 12 pieces of garbage. 
And we go to the beach. We go to Avon by the sea, and we go down to Cape May, New Jersey, and there is no trash, which means they're keeping the beaches clean and nothing is washing up. So Jersey is lucky, at least in where you can see, where the eye can see, but so many right. other places are not so lucky in having trash. So Four Ocean is an amazing, amazing story. And, and from the public relations end, we have so many angles of the story in, in how Four Ocean is giving back, but how you, no matter where you live, can be part of it right. by purchasing a Four Ocean bracelet and sharing with your friends. And they now have Four Ocean reusable bottles that are great for your hot or cold mm-hmm. beverages. And they have a Four Ocean cleanup combo. So you could do your own cleaning up with a drawstring bag and the gloves. So it's really as as we get closer to the holiday season, it's something it's something different to purchase. Mm-hmm. So I if someone's looking you. for something, what can I do to buy someone a gift or someone at work? Or, well, get one of the reusable bottles. Get them a bracelet that comes with a little explanation of what Four Ocean is. So for me, I'm so proud to be a part of Four Ocean because this is a client of mine that's really making changes in the world. So you look at these different businesses that you get a chance to represent and certainly you know, as having Andrea pass public relations, I'm able to represent them, and it's mm-hmm. it feels good. It's uh, it just it just feels feels good, and I, I think that getting them recognition in the press, which I I've been doing and will continue continue to do so, and more and more interviews, mm-hmm. so more people when they're reading or watching or listening to media will learn more about Four Oceans. So I'm so glad that that you're interested in it as as well. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. I can smell an interview coming somewhere down the line there, folks, but I just had to bring that up. I'm like, we absolutely have to talk about that. Now, the woman that you've been listening to uh, is so very modest. Let me just mention a few things here. First of all, I know that very recently she was featured in Alumni Magazine, of course, and I know I've I've also read the piece that was done in Response Magazine as well. Um, she has been a DRMA Member of the Year finalist, and of course, she won the Leading Woman Entrepreneur's Top 25 Brand Builder for 2018, which is a big deal, by the way. In addition to which, she has had placements, get this, Wendy Williams, 2020, today, Steve Harvey, New York, the New York Times, obviously the Wall Street Journal, Associated Press, and the list goes on about 75 times over. So that just gives you a small glimpse of the woman that we're talking to. And then she wonders why I say the words, afraid, you'd be petrified of her too. Hello, I can't even measure up to that on a good day. Thanks a lot. Feeling a little inadequate. Let's talk about the personal side of Andrea, because we can, because there's stuff to know. Like, I know this stuff about her. You're going to love this. First of all, she blew the jig, which is, of course, she's a huge Yankee fan, which we all know. We also know, at least from personal experience, and I stalk because I'm a journalist and that's what we do, she is an ocean lover herself, obviously. But, first of all, explain this to me. She actually said these words, and if if you've listened to my show, you know this. She said, Andrea said, I love going to the gym. Who loves that? Okay, this is my thing. Okay, because every time I go to the gym, I piss and moan and I complain. There's no one I know that really loves going to the gym. Apparently, Andrea loves going to the gym. So I'm picturing her putting her little workout on a uniform on, and I'm like, oh, holy hell! I want to work. I want to go to a bar, and I want to lift a glass of wine. That's the extent <laughs> of my weight history. But I'm like, okay, so she loves the gym, and get this. Apparently, she can do herself a little karaoke after she and she herself enjoys some wine. I thought I caught a glimpse of her doing a little karaoke. Would that be correct, Andrea? 
And this PR person was doing uh, karaoke. I, I, have, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I dragged my husband. We're, we love cruises. We are a big Ooh. cruise couple. And I, I, Royal Caribbean is our line, and we go on cruises all the time. And I kept saying to my husband, I want to do karaoke. Now, I don't have a voice. But in karaoke, you don't have to have a voice. So, of course, I made right. the mistake to decide to sing Barry Manilow Copacabana, which is the longest song on the planet. Of course, at this point, I've probably had a few cocktails. And, oh, of course. And, um, yeah, the room, really, I lost them. So I really wasn't good at keeping track of my audience, but I had a lot of fun uh, doing karaoke. And as far as going to the gym goes, I go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. I am one of those Oh, my God. People. However, and, and if you look at me and people see my pictures, I'm not a skinny person. And so I go for a healthy heart. I'm definitely not thin. Okay. But, but the most important thing, I think, when you're in business, no matter what your business is, you need to get your heart rate up and you need to be healthy. Right. And I think that so many of us are sitting behind a desk. And I've been sitting behind a desk doing public relations for so many years that if I don't exercise in the morning and get my heart rate up and do something good for my body, then I'm sitting as a blob for eight, nine hours a day behind my desk. And that's what's really important is that you feel good. So I get my energy up, start my day off right, and therefore I'm home, I'm showered, and I'm usually at my desk by 7.30, quarter to 8 in the morning East Coast time, and then I'm plugging away, and I get a lot more accomplished because I have the energy because I've worked out. See what I mean? So I can't even. Go to, I, I'm not. I don't even have an eyeball awake. I mean, half the time I'm waking up at five and can't go back to sleep, and I'm like going back on the couch and going to sleep. Andrea apparently is going to the gym, being 120 percent proactive. See, she wipes <laughs> me with the floor. Okay, yeah. literally. But I think. Yeah, but also you have to remember. And, and you have the same situation I do because we have our own businesses, is that right. that also sometimes I'll see a friend of mine and we'll be on the elliptical together or I have a trainer twice a week. So it does give me face-to-face interaction with people because of the fact that I run Andrea Pass Public Relations out of a home office, so which is right. very normal. It's not as if many of your listeners don't also run businesses out of home environments. And right. for people like you and I, we are sociable people. <laughs> we like socializing. Right. And I agree. when you're in a situation where you're by yourself, you've got to find a way to get out and be with other people. So whether I'm going oh, yeah. to business networking events or I'm going to conferences or I'm with clients at client meetings or or at press interviews, whatever I'm doing – I like getting out a bit, and that the only way that can happen every day is the gym because you don't have client meetings or client TV shoots or things like that every day. So uh, I do whatever I can to feel good, and uh, you know, uh, one day maybe I'll be a little thinner, but that's okay. I'm happy. That's all that matters. Oh, my God, listen to her. Oh, again, I revert back to look at her on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, and you'll be calling bullshit, but that's okay. She wants to act like she's all, yeah. Okay. What else do we know about her? First of all, I love the fact that she is so very tightly knit, not only to her own children, but her nephews, because I've seen, of course, that, that she yeah. she is she is 100% faithful to 
special family time is special family time, or in this particular case, your special family breakfast with your nephews, which I thought was so adorable. And get this, she said this to her daughter. I was like, oh, my God, this is such an awful moment. She's like, we love you past Pluto. I'm like, I would still say something like that to my own daughter. Like, I've told her I love her more than my television. That's a lot because I have to watch TV <laughs> well, and interview people. I'm, I'm like, I mean, that's so cute. I'm like, they love and it's very funny Pluto. because Look we, that. we started saying that when Pluto was still a planet. So <laughs> we continue saying that even though Pluto is no longer a planet, we, we oh say gosh. that. And I, I pick on my kids because I have a son and I have a daughter. So my son is my favorite son and my right. daughter is my favorite daughter. And then my daughter will say, well, what, what if Eric was a girl? Well, then if that was the case, he would, he or she would be my favorite daughter, my favorite older daughter, and then my favorite younger daughter. So I'm, I'm an equal opportunity, uh, you know, lover. So everybody, everybody's my favorite. But, but in, in the end of the day, what can matter more than your family? In, and you think about your children. I think about my children, and and right. the fact that I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have. Uh, my nephews who live in the same town as I do. I have other nephews who live in San Diego, and I have nieces that live in Long Island. So how fortunate to be able to have family and get to spend time, and the nephews that live around the block, because I'm right. around the block, I have a different relationship because I get to see them. And in order for me to have a full-length conversation with them without my sister butting in, I have to take them out to breakfast separately and leave my sister at home because I love my sister. But she, oh, you know those people, Cindy, who you ask a child a question but the adult answers? Yes. And, and you look at them Actually. and you say, I'm not asking you that question. Right. I'm asking them. And my sister, I love her to pieces, but she's one of those peace people. And she crashed our breakfast one time and never again. I said, never again. You can't come because you're answering the questions. I'm asking them about school and sports and clubs right. and friends and what did you watch on TV, whatever. I didn't need her answer. I wanted their answer. So exactly. family. Exactly. Family is so important, and I'm I'm very very lucky to be with our you know with family and Amen. and um, I agree. You know I'm and, and and adding to that and what I don't have pictures up mm-hmm. on Facebook, which I really do need to. My parents live around the block. My father is 85, my mother is 80, and oh. we go out to lunch once a week. So I do take a lunch break once a week, and I have lunch with my parents. And I think that I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet because I realize how blessed I am that my parents are here and I get to spend time yeah. with them and they they get to learn about everything I'm doing. And as much as they don't understand enough about what public relations is, they're proud of me and I get to spend time with them and tell them my stories. So so for anyone who's listening, if, if your parents are with you, spend as much time as you can with them and spend time with your family because at the end of the day, that's going to be more important than missing the first day of kindergarten because you should have been to work at 8 right. in the morning. Uh, go to work late and, and go to the first day of kindergarten and, and don't miss those events because you had a meeting. Rearrange your meetings. Realize, Clients understand. Realize she is. Exactly. And I think that we do, some people have lost that because I know I've gotten a lot of flack over the years for making decisions when my son was a seizure patient, et cetera. But I am very faithful and very loyal to the people that I love. And for some of us, that includes, well, in my case, you know, a lot of my friend family are not blood related, but they are family too. So it is. Keeping those priorities is extremely important, especially when you're self-employed. I mean, we're fortunate that we have the time to be able to do that, but there are sacrifices that get made, you know, to make provisions for things such as that. Now, the big question is this. So she's got this husband 
well over 28 years now. I can't even get a date longer. 31 years in two weeks. Are you hearing this? Look at that. I can't even get a relationship to last. I don't even know how many months. I'm lucky (laughs) to get a date, and she's going on 31. So, of course, we do talk about romance on my show, probably because I haven't had any in a while. So, one must ask the obvious question. When Tell me what he has brought to the table that's made you a better person and a better professional, because that's a big thing for me. The man next to the well, woman. Well, you know, I, it, it's it's interesting because, like I said, we're about to celebrate our thirty-first wedding anniversary in uh, in a week. October eighteenth will be thirty-one years, and he supports okay. me. And and is marriage tough? Yes, it is tough. I'm not saying it's easy, but to get right. over those humps, he's a financial guy, so he does budgets and financial analysis and accounting and all the things that I don't do. And I'm the creative gal. So I think that the fact that we don't have similar careers is a great mm-hmm. thing. But we we have so many things that we love to do together. So whether that's going on vacation, going down to the Jersey Shore, um, going for mm-hmm. walks, seeing movies, going out to dinner, supporting the Yankees and the New Jersey Devils. Um, <laughs> so we have we have the things that we really enjoy. But I think for any relationship – you need to also be your own person. So I have things. Sure. I play Mahjong, okay? So that tile game that old Jewish ladies used to play. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. okay. I, I've been playing Mahjong for, uh, gosh, 20-something years. And okay. I'm out every Tuesday night with my girlfriends. We change houses, and we play Mahjong, and we gab. And he goes and he does his things. You know, he's in his organizations and whatever, and we both do volunteerism together and separately. And I think for any relationship, are you going to get mad at each other? Are you going to fight? Yes, you're going to get mad. You're going to fight. You're going to drive each other crazy. But then in some cases, it's not going to work out. And in other cases, you're going to get over the hump and move forward and realize this is a good thing. And we'll get past this, and we'll be fine. So, do do we argue? Do we have our things? Yes, but do we love each other and enjoy each other's company? And it, it's it's wonderful. So, yes, yes. So, uh, happily married, and, and very thankful for for my husband. So he's been so supportive mm-hmm. and so helpful. And and when I said to him, okay, it's time for Andrea past public relations to happen. And Mm -hmm. he agreed it was the right time. Not everything happens at the right time. This was the right time. And he's he's very supportive. And he's so proud of me just telling people stories. And he he called me up. It was a few weeks ago from work. And he says, oh, I had to tell you, one of his coworkers went to my website and she was so impressed about all the things that I've done and I'm doing. And, and he was glowing. You could feel he was so excited because his coworker, had nice things to say about his wife. How sweet is that? See, see, that's like an awe moment there, I have to say. And make no mistake, folks, we talk about this a lot on air. I do think that having good people, having good relationships, strong, steady relationships, whether it's romantic or not, is extremely important to your overall well-being, I would say. You know, I won't lie to you, obviously. I have, um, there is someone that I'm interested in, so we'll see where that goes. I'm very, um, very nervous. I'm just, I'm I'm nervous and excited all at the same time. But it's tough, you know. I mean, 
I'm sure Andrea would agree with this, even though you're married. It's tough when you work in an industry that we do, because I do do PR now on the side, along with all the other things that I'm doing. It's <laughs> hard. You really have to prioritize your personal life. You have to make sure that nothing becomes negligent on that list. And that includes, you know, the people that are important to you, making time. And in this particular case, my God, I can't even get on a phone anymore. Like you were saying, I actually look forward to talking to the special people in my life because it's like a meeting. Like, okay, we're making sure we have this phone call in this day and time. So I'm like, okay. So I know tonight I'm going to have some seriously important phone calls that I'm really excited to have, (laughs) which is great because it's a rainy day and I'm in my pajamas and feel like crap. So it's perfect. Well, it's it's going to look up. We're going to focus on the glass half full, and yes. and what what you bring because that's that's the thing. I found that years ago, two two companies ago, I worked for a very difficult owner, and he mm-hmm. worked pretty much twenty four six and a half twenty four six, and he expected the rest of us to work twenty four seven, and I missed many occasions. I was in Barbados snorkeling. I got back on the bus to go to the cruise ship. My phone practically exploded with texts and emails and phone messages. Where am I? This has to get done. Well, I'm on vacation snorkeling. Um, Right. My daughter's college orientation. I was in the hallway working the entire time because the person who was supposed to handle things for that one day went off the grid and no one knew where the person was, so it all fell on me. So I worked for someone that... Nothing I did was ever good enough. I worked so many hours. I I spent birthdays. It was one year I got so upset from an email on a Sunday that he sent me a nasty email, this boss, that I went to just a local area park, and I just parked there, rolled down my windows, and just bawled my eyes out. And is that what we want in life? No. No. Do we want to live to work? No. We want to work so we can live. And I think that for me... Starting Andrea past public relations is that perfect blend that if I'm choosing to put in a 12-hour day, and there are many times I do, that's <laughs> my prerogative. If I'm choosing to work on a Sunday afternoon for a few hours, that's my prerogative. But if it's time to go on a vacation, which I'm going on a vacation, and my clients all know it, I'm leaving tomorrow for China and Hong Kong, and oh, yeah. I have this booked for a year. And it's very exciting because my clients all know I am not working. So I'm not representing anybody who is going to have some disaster in the next two weeks, nor are are any of my clients finding a cure for cancer in the next two weeks. So to be able to take a vacation and enjoy myself, that's been a wonderful thing over the past few years at the last company I was at, they were wonderful, great group of people. And I would send an email on vacation touching base, and they would write back, stop, go back to your vacation, which was wonderful because, you know what, it, what I do and what you do isn't the end of the world. We do things that right. are important. I'm not diminishing the value of what we do for a living, but it doesn't stop the world. So we should enjoy our lives and be able to take a vacation. I and I think that my clients – certainly understand that and it's interesting one of my clients Janine Ronrelli Janine owns Par Avian which is a company where she purchases and procures business aviation she okay. is the number one woman selling and buying business jets i mean phenomenal woman story 
And I think you might have spoken to Janine a few years ago. And if not, you are definitely going to have to speak to Janine because she has such a great story. And, you know, you look at someone like this who is in business for herself in a man's world because there are very few women that are involved in the business aviation field. She is tops. She knows everything about these jets inside and out. And she still makes time to go to horse shows and to do volunteerism and give back to girls, encouraging them to pursue a STEM education so that they can get involved in the aviation industry. So I look Mm -hmm. at her and I'm in awe of her because she can find her time to spend with her dogs and find her time to go for a long bike ride and still run an amazing business. So you, you look at these people who are an inspiration to you and you see what what they're working on and how they've done their businesses. And then you look at what you're creating for your business and what I'm creating for Andrea Pass Public Relations. Right. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting because you, you get that feedback from some of the people that you've met over your career, and that helps mm-hmm. you move forward. And and that's what's oh, really agree. exciting about it. And and we're definitely going out for that drink the next time you're in New York and I'm in New York at the same time. Woo-hoo! That is awesome. Well, first of all, you're not going to be there when I'm there. I think, well, I go back next week. I'm covering the NAB convention, but I'm only there for like three days. It's a short stint because next NAB time. is a the huge The next time thing. after that. Yeah, so you the next back time in November, enough. definitely. I know. I was just going to say, I'm like there every month now, obviously. So the jig is up, folks. I'm getting equated. Well, I'm living there for good in six years. Uh, I'll be a permanent resident in the next five or six years, but I'm starting to just kind of, you know, get more and more established there as far as that goes. And there's some really special people there that I just want to see more. (laughs) So I'm like, of course, I'm going to keep coming back. So yes, we definitely have to have at least a glass of wine, if not more than that. Um, Let me just tell you, folks, what I have, um, what I know about her, obviously, in the past, she's rep people. Obviously, you brought up the Wolfgang Puck clearly. Remember Continental Airlines? I thought that was cool. I was like, oh my God, she's yep. got them. She had Farmland Dairies, New Jersey Restaurant Association, French's was on the list. I think it's Knorr. Is it Knorr or Knorr? The K N O R. It's actually funny. It's very funny. It's Knorr. And when I represented them and I was saying Knorr, and finally, one of the brand people said, you know, it's Knorr. And it was so funny because the public didn't know it was Knorr, and I don't know if it really matters when anyone's purchasing something, but it was right. an exciting thing to be working with French's and Knorr and, and right. Frank's Red Hot Sauce and all those things years I ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had some really fun clients over the years. Yes, she has. Oh, my God, right? Absolutely. And now, obviously, we have to ask the, the clear question here, which is, of course, folks have been listening to you. And just so you guys know, she – she crosses all sorts of borders, meaning that she has handled nonprofits, food and beverage, business owners, education, consumer products, obviously, also done authors, which is right up my, you know, frame of mind here because I'm an author myself. So if somebody's listening in today um, and they're saying to themselves, hmm, I would love to be able to use this woman, I want to have you answer the question as to why they should. But first, I want you to address this because I don't want to forget about asking this question. I know that you've stated before that you use a specific public relations model in order to capture media coverage. So without giving that away to the mass audience, what do you feel, what is your biggest trick of the trade that you've learned over years to where any person, whether they're a newbie in PR, somebody that's over-established or still getting their stuff together, what would you recommend to them in terms of that using somewhat of this model without telling us the entire thing to solidify coverage nowadays? Because I won't lie to you, not only has it become harder, but now we live in a pay-to-play you know, society, which I'm not a big fan of. 
it never used to be like that, at least I didn't think so, and now it's becoming more like that. So those that are out there and in the field and, and grasping at straws here, is there any recommendations or real advice you'd give to them in the regard of media coverage? Well, I think that, that number one, to secure media coverage for your brand. So if your brand is you're an author and you have a book and I have an author coming up that mm-hmm. I'll be representing uh, starting November 1st, you, you've got to get out there. So you've got to get out there, but you right. also have to realize who your audience is. So also I'll be representing a new uh, hair care line that is being mm. launched probably in December. So I'll be able to tell you more about nice. that. I'm not allowed to tell. It's top okay. secret right now. But but we need to know who the audience is. And I think that people have to understand there, there was a time in the olden days that everyone thought they belonged on Oprah. Everyone wants right. to be on Oprah. Today, everyone wants to be on Ellen DeGeneres. Well, to get your product, she doesn't do product. To get your product on Ellen DeGeneres, you're paying almost a million dollars. There is so many ways to get editorial coverage without paying for it, which is becoming a staple now, this pay-to-play that you mentioned. But you need to right. work with an expert, an outside public relations pro that can steer you in the right direction. So Someone like myself who understands the media landscape and how to get that story told is who you should work with. Can you do it on your own? Not really, because you're not going to reach the right person. You're not going to provide the information the right way. So the most important thing that I find in the world of public relations, and I hope it sets me aside as a differentiator, is I read a lot. I spend a lot every Hmm. morning. I am reading newsletters. I'm seeing what press went where, what new media outlets open, what folded, what's happening, who's covering what. So I spend time doing that, number one. And number two, I pick up the phone. And am I on the phone eight hours a day? No, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not on the phone eight hours a day. I still do a lot of email pitching. But Mm -hmm. if there's something you really want to find out and there's a media outlet you really want to reach, by saying to the person that picks up on the other end of the phone, can I have 20 seconds of your time to run this idea by you? And if you keep it short and sweet and don't ramble and know your points, then many times the reporter is going to say to you, wow, that that is interesting. Can you send me more information? But if you're not confident in what you're talking about, and I know this because I've listened to public relations practitioners pitch on the phone, and I've given feedback. And if you are going to get on the phone, you as a PR person or you as a general business person, and you're not going to come across as confident and knowledgeable in the topic, then the person on the other end is not going to be interested in your story. You can't leave a right. rambling phone message with a million um, ahs, uh, you know, like your message is messed up in there. No one's going to hear that other than all these little phrases you're sticking in between and you're not getting your point across. So, for instance, I had found someone who's writing a series all about plastics in the ocean. That pertains to my client. So I left a quick phone message. I understand you're writing a series about plastics in the ocean. Let me tell you about four ocean that has already collected over 1.2 million pounds of plastic in less than two years. End of discussion. Here's my phone number. So keep yourself short and sweet when you're doing public relations to reach the right audiences. And don't discount 
different types of media. So whereas some clients might say, oh, I want to make sure if I'm pitching something to a blog that that blogger has 100,000 unique views per month. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all well and good. They might have 100,000 unique views per month. But if they have no engagement, then what's the point? You want a, you want to engage with a blog, a writer that has engagement back, and that's what's going to be beneficial. I had a writer do a review about Peelaways, my client Peelaways, mm-hmm. about a week or so ago. They don't have a okay. large uh, audience. However, okay. within one hour, this person had 23 comments on her Facebook page. Now, that amazed me in one hour. So she has a dedicated audience. And I think today, when we're doing public relations, we want to make sure that there's an audience who's grasping and absorbing that information. We want sponges. (laughs) So we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So my, my recommendation is looking into a public relations practitioner who isn't trying to be everything. And I think... Right. For myself and, and Andrea Pass Public Relations, I am not trying to be everything. I do media relations. I have an expertise in media relations. I secure editorial coverage for my clients in print, broadcast, and online media. I don't mm-hmm. do social media. I don't right. do marketing campaigns. I don't do advertising. I do media relations. So I think that for a company, an author, an entrepreneur that wants to get coverage, you have to determine what it is you want. If you want social media only, go to a social media expert. If you want to be uh, a trade show expert, go to trade shows. If you want to be on panels, go to a speaker's bureau. If you want editorial media coverage, you go to a company like an Andrea Pass Public Relations. Correct. See, who doesn't want to work with her? I mean, are you, have you listened to this entire thing? It's like, it, absolutely. So I have to ask you in case people are listening, are you currently accepting more clients now that you have a very big company of your own? Are you able to take on more clients at the present time? Because that's a pertinent question to ask. And and it's it's a very good question. I do have room for a few more clients. My clients are based on monthly retainers with an hourly rate. And so I have that flexibility to bring on more clients. And then I have clients that I know are their project will be over. They will be leaving in December. So I have more room for more clients. And right now I am working on my own, but I have a few long-term public relations connections who are looking for work. So they might be joining me in the coming months and in 2019 to to do some projects for me. But first and foremost, I want my clients to always understand that my name is on the door, so you're getting Andrea Pass. I'm not handing you over to an intern or a newbie. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to always speaking with people who are entering the field. I've spoken with many college students over the years. People get in touch and say, would you talk to my my son or daughter, and I'll devote a half hour, an hour to just speaking to college students in direction in public relations and where they should go. So I think that that's really important to help other people so you can figure out how to do it. But the public relations field, as you're fully aware, 
is constantly changing and you addressed pay to play. Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting because the average viewer or listener doesn't know that it's a paid opportunity. It still right. is editorial content. However, TV stations, because advertising dollars are down, they have to come up with other ways to bring in funds. So lifestyle oh, yeah. experts are getting money to pay to buy segments on these TV broadcasts. You're not going to see that on the Today Shows and Good Morning Americas and Fox and Friends, but you're going to see it in the individual smaller markets that they need that kind of funding. So it's still important to consider it in a budget. It shouldn't be the end-all, be-all, but it's worth considering for editorial content to be reused on a client's social media. Right. That's excellent advice, as a matter of fact. I was just talking about that just the other day. It's just so amazing to me how things have changed, how just our climate and, and the whole culture as it relates to handling public relations has has changed a great deal. And, and you really have become one of the pioneers that I'm aware of, and, and that is certainly not an exaggeration. I work with, and we, of course, you and I are in this very large PR group, one of many, actually, that exists, and I can't tell you folks, and I say this all the time, even when you're not on the air, um, how grateful I am because there are two publicists that really started bringing me their clients. Bridget O'Brien was one of them, and Dana Humphrey was one of them, and they kept bringing me mm-hmm. clients, and then eventually word got around to other publicists. And before you know it, here you guys all are, and I think now, oh, my God, there's like almost 20 of you that I deal with on an ongoing basis, and I'm so proud and so pleased to be able to have really good, healthy working relationships. Sometimes media and PR don't always go together very nicely. Just had an example of that today where I had a publicist who had messaged me and he couldn't have been meaner. And I'm like, thanks for your help. Have a wonderful day. It's, it's, a, it's a tough line sometimes. So, you know, you always want to make sure that the lines between media and PR are always very, very good. The waters are very calm. You're always very complimentary to one another. Case in point, the person on the other end of this phone has been extremely gratuitous to me. So I'm so sorry it's taken me such a long time to get you on the show. I feel like it's taken forever because literally there's just too many people now. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even keep up anymore. I just, I can't. I need to have another one of myself, actually, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, so now we have a couple things left to do because can you believe we've been almost – it's been almost an hour and a half. See what I mean? This is how it oh ends up. Oh my goodness! Like, I, I told her it's been. I told her forty-five minutes. And know it, we're almost at ninety minutes right now. Do you see what happens? I can't help myself. It's a myself. pleasure speaking People with come you. Come on my show, it gets crazy. Oh my god! See, I'm, I'm a likable kind of girl. Now, if the men in the universe, like all of you men, the males in the world, did you hear that? Somebody just said, "I'm a pleasure to talk to." So maybe you could date me now. Want to throw that out to the listening audience. And Susan Lucci, Lonnie Anderson, if you're out there listening, yes, you should come on my show because I'm amazing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I want to first off let you know because you should know this because your clients have been on enough, but about two hours after the show gets done and you're probably busy getting ready for your trip, I will send you a copy of your own interview. I will also go ahead and put it on my YouTube channel because I see you're now on YouTube as well. And um, this way you can put it up there as well as I can put it out there for those that may not be able to catch an afternoon show. That's number one. Number two, I want to read off all the various different ways to find Andrea, by the way. Oh, and before I forget, so I'm going to guess, is Mandel your married name or is it Pass? Because I just noticed sometimes you refer to yourself as Andrea Pass. Andrea Pass. Mandel is my maiden name. 
And so oh. I just have that there for when, when I'm on social media, I have that there so that people in high school and college will say, oh, yeah, that's Andrea. Ah, so because they don't all okay. know my married name. So but Andrea Pass has been my name for quite a long time now. Uh-huh. So. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure to, to distinguish the difference because not everybody, you know, because like I said, when you Google her two different ways, you find two different people, that kind of good stuff. Okay. So the website is, of course, AndreaPassPR.com. She has a Twitter handle, which is at NJ underscore Andrea. She has an Instagram page, which is Andrea underscore pass underscore PR. She has a LinkedIn profile. Her YouTube channel is Andrea Pass Public Relations. And, of course, on Facebook, she has a personal page, which we all know I stalked quite a bit. And, of course, Andrea Pass Public Relations. Is there any other place where people should be looking for you, social media or otherwise? You hit them all. You hit them all. But I certainly of course I would, did. would encourage <laughs> your listeners to please start following me on Facebook on Andrea Pass Public Relations because I'm putting up different different articles that my clients are featured in, and then I'm putting up different points. And I do the same on LinkedIn. So those two social media avenues are great avenues for learning information and seeing what I do and seeing, okay, is Andrea Pass Public Relations the firm for me? Look at what she's doing. Yes, I want that as well. So I find those to be the the two best sites to find me on. Absolutely. And before I forget to mention this, because I meant to do this and did not, please give us the website address for Peelaways and Four Ocean as well. That would be great. So for Peelaways is peelaways.com with an S. And for Ocean is the number four, the word ocean, for ocean.com. And you'll be able to see all of their social media there as well. And I, I'd also like to just mention one other client that I've worked with for many years oh, and they've you. come back to me now. And that's Stour Jewelry, S T A U E R.com. So if you're looking for watches and jewelry and gemstones that have a great story behind them, Stour is a great place to check out, especially with holiday season coming up. Uh, Stour's stories behind each pair of earrings, bracelet, necklace, watch, etc. gives you that story. And I think when you give a gift of jewelry that has a story behind it, it it adds to that that excitement of jewelry. So that's another really great one. And then coming out in November, December is a new book by Michael Medico called Absolutely Positively Real Fake News. Hmm. And this book is all satire about things in the news that are crazy world that we're in. And he combines three or four different news stories juggles them around, mixes them in a blender, and spits them back out, and they are the funniest political and news satire stories. So if you want to just laugh at the world, absolutely, positively real fake news is the book for you. So I'm hoping that will be a holiday gift for a lot of people to just laugh because sometimes with a lot that's going on in the world that's so serious, we need to laugh. Right. Oh, I agree with you 150% there as far as that goes. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that, by the way. So the last thing, in case you've never listened to my show, although I suspect Andrea may have at some point in time, probably because she was worried about whether I was going to screw up. Just kidding. Um, The last thing that I do on my show is that I get to tell you what I think of you, 
which is even harder because she scares me, period. So now I have to tell her what I think of her. So before I do that, which is the last thing that I do, and in case you didn't know this or haven't heard, I do this specifically because as a professional writer, this allows me the chance to speak not off a piece of paper, but right from my inside. This is not scripted. I don't write this. I don't prepare it. I don't do research on it. This is just to give the folks a sense of who you are as a personal friend of mine and as a professional. So the last thing I want to do is do that. But before I get to that, this is a really quick reminder that I did not want to forget about because this is hugely important. Today, folks, if you don't know this, October 10th is World Health, uh, World Mental Health Day. Why is that significant? Well, first of all, for those of you that don't know, I've been a mental health patient for 30 years. Um, So that's a big deal. I've been a bipolar patient for 30 years, and I'm very candid about that. So number one, to anybody who is listening in today who has a fellow mental health uh, issue or is struggling with a mental health issue, I see you and I hear you and I recognize you. And just in case nobody told you, you are perfect just as you are completely 150%. Do not change who you are. Have people accept you for who you are, and if they can't, they're not in your true tribe. So remember that. Number two, I ask, and of course I'm sure, Andrew, you've seen this, um, my absence on social media today. We uh, sadly lost a 12-year-old child in our school district this last uh, week, and uh, the suspicion is suicide, and unfortunately uh, it's taking a toll on a good number of us, including my own family. We had an incident last night, which is very uncomfortable with my own son. So if you have the time and a moment to give, whoever you pray to, whether it's Buddha, Jesus, you name it, there's a family that's hurting in Wisconsin very badly, and I suspect that there might have been a mental health issue involved with that as well. So it's days like today, although it is recognized one day out of year, should be recognized 365 days a year. It's nothing short of tragic, and it makes days like today very hard to work. I won't lie to you. It took a whole lot of energy to do an entire show today, let alone service a lot of clients, and I still have to work after this. So, folks, just be cognizant of this. Uh, today and like I said they could use all the prayers and all the help they could get they're burying their child tomorrow so um, I would appreciate that very much so I just wanted to get that out there because I know that there sadly I haven't seen a whole lot of conversations about World Mental Health Day and it's important it it really is important to carry that conversation on all year round Um, so for me to everybody you've heard it which brings us back to you Andrea so this I finally get to tell you what I think of you after five years (laughs) <laughs> I've waited a long time. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Are you sitting down, I hope? I'm sitting. You have wine? You should probably not, have it. Just kidding. Not yet. It's How too early. It's too early. I was, oh, honey, are you kidding me? You're at, what, 4 o'clock right now? It's basically 5. That's the way I compensate. I'm like, it's almost 5. We can do it. Okay, so here it goes. First of all, um, let me just back step a little bit to five years ago because, to be honest with you, I want to say it was the Czar group that we met or that we had our first interaction that I started talking about my show. And obviously, five years ago, I want to believe that I was a little less versed and a little less um, good at what I do versus compared to now. I've had eight years of experience almost, and now I've learned a few things. Um, These are the things that I know about Andrea to be true. The first time that I approached her, and every time thereafter, I can always count on three different things. First of all, she's very proficient, as I mentioned, very passionate, and most importantly, very, very professional. She never shortchanges me when it comes to sending me stories, meaning the front, back, and sideways of a client. Number two, she never sends me a client that she knows is going to pull a no-show, who's not going to call, who's not going to give 110% in an interview. This is hugely and fundamentally 
big in my book. Why? Because I can't tell you how many times I talk to a PR person who sends me somebody and sometimes it works out great. In fact, most of the time it does. But you are always measured by your next show, by your next person, by the next thing that you wish to promote. So that that whole publicity media relationship is so very important. So number one, I know she's bringing me quality people with quality products and me being able to put on a quality show. That's number one. Number two, I always know that when I talk to her, I always feel like I'm speaking to a military sergeant. I know she thinks I'm kidding, but make no mistake that I am scared shitless when she answers me back. <laughs> is she going to say, well okay, I guess we'll work it out that way then. I'm always, like, thinking in the back of my head. She probably has that student-teacher thing, you know, how they're standing there with the ruler. She's the teacher, and she's like, oh, my God, did she just do that? So she always has me pushing for that approval. That's not a bad thing necessarily because when you're working with someone and it's very important to you that you get praise and approval from them, that means you must respect them and revere their talent and their abilities, which I do in this particular case. Number three, when I found out that this chick could, like, sing to karaoke probably after she's been drinking, I'm like a woman after my own heart. I'm eventually going to become a Yankees fan. I like New Jersey, and more importantly, she's not afraid to admit, like I'm not, yeah, my ass is getting fat and I'm almost 50 and everything's sagging, but I'm okay with that. The only difference is I ain't going to the gym and she is, and I can live with that. So we're good there. So on a personal level, we already know we have all these things in common. On a very serious note, so I can bring it back full circle and stop being ha-ha funny-funny, one of the things that I admire so much is at the end of the day, I always know if I go to her, she's going to have a kind word along with a very professional tip to offer me, on top of which she is the personification of what a professional, perfectly poised individual in PR represents. She has done over the course of 30 years what most of us can't even accomplish in a lifetime, which is she has convinced a mass market that her people and her products are poignant promising and that we should buy them, believe in them, and put our best foot forward to support them. That is not something that's easy to do. That's not something that everyone can do. The fact that she does it with a smile on her face, shows up at every show, shows up at every performance or every interview, and she's always 100% on all the time. She never looks tired. She never looks worn. She never looks sick of doing what it is that, that brings her her source of joy, her source of revenue. She's so good at it, and she makes it look so easy that she makes people like me envy her so much. The reason I fear you so much is because I know that at never any point in time in this game am I ever going to be as good as you are, and I'm perfectly okay with standing here and revering you and fearing you in the best possible way all the way from Wisconsin. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful to you. And most importantly, I'm so excited about the idea of being in a room with you and trying to at least feel equal. One day when I grow up, I want to be just like you. So thank you for giving me something to look up to. Cindy, you are a pleasure and you are awesome. And you juggle as a a, a mom, a mom that has her concerns and and life challenges to be able to move forward and create all of the different things you've created in so many different categories in your world is a true inspiration to anyone, male or female, who is saying, can I do this? A person like you certainly stresses, yes, I can. And I think that for all of us, 
combined in, in the industries that we're in to have that is is a benefit. And life is too short, as you unfortunately are going through right now, that we need right. to look to things that will make us happy and make time for ourselves and our interests to be able to do those things. So thank you so much for having me you know, as a guest on your show. And I look forward to bringing you more guests in, in the coming months and years and learning more about your film festivals and all the things on your world and continuing our relationship and growing that moving forward. Yay! Oh, my God, look at that. She doesn't dislike me. I think she likes me. After five years, I think I might have gotten a small seal of approval. See, I've been waiting a long time to get You're that. awesome. I'm like, that's You're awesome. I wanted you to come Thank on. Thank you so much. Is that it? Hey, have a wonderful time out of country. Please do, do so. Enjoy your time away. Enjoy your time, your downtime. Don't work. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. I'll keep you posted on when I'm coming to New York City. Um, now get the hell off my show so I can say goodbye. And you can go back and do your thing. I've kept you long enough. It really was. <laughs> Thank you, stuff. Cindy. Take care. All right, Bye-bye. dear. Bye-bye. Tell me she's not fabulous, right? Do you see why she scares me? Thank you. No, my very, very, very deepest and dearest thanks to Andrea Pass for coming on the show today. One more time, everybody, the website's andreapasspr.com. She has a YouTube channel, Andrea Pass Public Relations. On Twitter, again, it's at NJ underscore Andrea. Instagram, Andrea underscore Pass underscore PR the LinkedIn profile, and, of course, Facebook, as she mentioned, her personal profile. And, again, to see, you know, to find her, she is Andrea Mandel Pass, on a personal note. And then, of course, Andrea Pass Public Relations. Please, please do not hesitate. If you are looking for media placement, if you're in any of the areas we talked about, do not hesitate to go off and find her. As I mentioned, of course, tomorrow, once again, I will be back on the air starting at 2 o'clock Central Standard Time with Marty Schultz and then 3 o'clock at Valerie Longoria. Thanks so much to everybody who stuck it out for our hour-and-a-half-long interview. I know it was a bit long, but wasn't it lovely? That's all I'm going to say. Thank you, thank you, thank you, 150%. I'm going off to trudge out in the rain, do a little shopping, get a lot of work done. You guys have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.